Korkun goku trap sonsun Trap sonsun trap donsun Tuni sonsun hukçum durpolan Tadır stoltan durpolan borultan Yo, what's up, people? Adam Hunter here, giving you a great podcast today. I had a great conversation with Dean Thomas, the legend, the fighter. The He's an actor. He's a coach. He's a, a dad. He's a husband. He's a great all-around guy. Uh, I want to thank Speedweed. Marijuana is legal in California. Don't leave your house to get it, okay? Just have it delivered right to you. Go to Speedweed.com. Follow them at Speedweed. They got great CBD THC sex lube that my wife and I use, the THC sex lube. They have CBD stuff. They have vape pens. They have edibles. You name it, they have it. Mention Roasted. You get $10 off, $100 or more. Check out Speedweed. Go to speedweed.com. Gino's a great guy. Definitely check that out. And the reason you're getting so many podcasts is because of Rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N, rockfin.com forward slash Adam Hunter. Rockfin uh, is what you're getting. Uh, and uh, they are really, really good to me. They, it's, a, it's a cool site that they really help uh, put money into the hands of the content creators. And therefore, I'm able to just do as many podcasts as I want. And, and I love doing it. They're, they're awesome. Uh, they really support content creators. You get my stuff. You get Jordan Burroughs as a page. You get uh, Chael Sonnen has a page up there. He's got all kinds of exclusive content. Ben Askren does. Front Row Brian, um, Aaron Weinbaum, if you're into politics, Mike Cernovich, if you're into comedy, Joey Medina, Steve Hofstetter, great comedians. It's where everyone's going. Rockfin, okay? For $10 a month, you get everybody's stuff. But make sure when you endorse it, go to rockfin.com forward slash Adam Hunter because that helps me out, helps the podcast out, helps my, my wife and kids out, helps my cats out, my dog, everybody. So thank you so much. Let's talk to Dean Thomas. The best coaches, great comedian, improv actor, all around great guy. Dean Thomas, how are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, good, good. So last night you were at a, you were at a Dana White's birthday party. Yeah, man. Me and Matt went out to Dana White's birthday party and a surprise party. It was incredible. Like when you got more money than God, man, you could do anything at your party. What was like? What was this party like? Well, you know, he had a what's his name, Don Henley. From the, from the Eagles or something like that. Yeah, he had yeah. him perform. He had Gwen, like, you have Gwen Stefani come and perform at your party. It was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Yeah. And me and Matt were the only two idiots to show up with presents, you know? <laughs> like, like we, I don't think so, but we showed up. It was like, like a kid's birthday party. We showed up with a little with presents for Dana. <laughs> As if he needs something. Yeah. <laughs> what did you get him? Oh, I can't tell you because I don't think he got it yet. Okay. All right. Yeah. I like it. I like it. And by the way, you're killing it as a coach. And I feel like you don't get the props that you deserve. You're the most underrated best coach out there right now. Well, well, thank you very much, Adam. I certainly appreciate that. But, you know, for me, it doesn't matter for me to get the little props like that, man. I just, I just like to see my people do well, man. And, and I'm just out there just trying to help my people do well. I'll stay under the radar. As long as my people are winning fights and can go home to their families and make some money, that's all I care about. Right. No, you, you did great. By the way, last week, uh, Jillian Robertson, he's looking better. Um, she, she looked awesome. Yeah, man. You know, we put a lot of work in, you know what I mean? And, and we have a good chemistry. I've known her since she was like 15 years old. Like she started with me. So, you know, just being able to watch her grow and watch her develop. We got to do something about her hair. But, you know, besides that, everything is good. Now, were you worried, though, when you looked across the, the octagon, that girl had like face tattoos? And I think Eric Andrews called her Takashi. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, it, it, I mean, she she got like the neck tattoo. She looked like Cody Garbrandt, so I was kind of like, uh oh. But no, nah, you know, like that stuff doesn't bother me, man. Like, it, for me, I almost feel like when people look that part, they're almost trying to. I almost feel like sometimes they try to play the part to intimidate people. So right. that never bothers me. So like, if you're trying, if you have to actively intimidate somebody, there's an issue with your game, and I like that. But like Joe Rogan kept saying, giving this girl accolades, how she's great at grappling and she's the this and that and this and that. And, and it seemed like she was like the favorite. And then Jillian just took her apart. Yeah, well, you know, it's different, man. Like, 
jujitsu for comp like this girl's got a great competition background in jujitsu, so like that's undeniable. But we train for a different style of jujitsu, and that's for MMA. And I wanted to test this girl's jujitsu. Like that was the game plan. We was like, hey, let's get it down and let's test her jujitsu. See if she can hang with what we're doing. And I knew she wouldn't be able to because we coming up with all kind of new stuff. Adam, I'm gonna put you on that. Adam, I'm gonna show you some jujitsu. It works for wrestling too. I would absolutely love that. Um, I, you know, I, I, a while back, I, I tore my ACL and then doing jiu-jitsu. And then when I came back, I just still, I never really felt that confident with it. So I've been doing a lot of Muay Thai right now, but I want to get back into jiu-jitsu. I, well, I'm saying, like, you, you do wrestling. Like, that's a lot worse for your knees than jiu-jitsu. Not really, because I, no one's trying to, like, tap, like, torque your knee in a weird way to get you to tap out. They're just trying to... <laughs> So, Good point. But but I but I hear you, man. Um, now a, a couple things. Number one, did you help prepare that that Masvidal aspirin? Were you in Masvidal's corner for that? No, I wasn't. I stayed out of that, man. I like both of those guys. I mean, you know, I'm I'm just a big fan of, of aspirin as you are, Adam. You know what I'm saying? Like I love what aspirin does and what he brings to the table. So and same thing with George, man. Like George is my homie from you know 2005. You know so. I wanted to stay out of that fight and just let them let them do their thing, but it didn't surprise me what happened, man. I mean, if he didn't hit him with that flying knee, it would have been a different fight, but it still doesn't surprise me that that happened, man. I mean, that was kind of unfortunate, but, you know, it's the way the game is played, man. It's how the ball bounces sometimes. What did you think about how he acted afterwards? Who, uh, George? Yeah. Man, it's fine. The way I see it, like, I mean, he almost – killed Ben like if we're not concerned about Ben's health you know that's the I'm not concerned with what guys do afterwards I mean they earn the right like George trained hard for that fight I was I'm in the gym with him every day and I watched him train for months preparing for Ben so when he wins he has the right to do whatever he wants you know what I'm saying and and the important thing we need to be concerned about is is Ben okay I'm not concerned about some taunting I don't care about that but um you know, he had the right. He earned it. He he knocked Ben Askren out. You can you earned the right to do that. So yeah, I had no problem with that. I was a little concerned because I thought Ben might have been dead. And yeah, I mean, like... if if, <laughs> if Ben was dead in hindsight, it would have looked bad. Yeah, I mean, and I just think Jorge's better than that. You know, like I just say, I think it would have been more powerful if he just would have walked away, or just like been like, you know, like kind of what like Tyron does. But I understand. Yeah, but no, but you, we gotta understand, man. But Adam, it's the game, man. Like, we allow these guys to talk a bunch of trash leading up to the fight. They do their business. Then they get in there, and they physically hurt each other. I mean, it's physical. They're hurting each other. And then when it's over, we expect them to be gentlemen. That's not going to happen. We got to accept the fact that, listen, somebody, especially a guy like George, I mean, he's from the street. Yeah. So, like, he ain't, yeah, he don't play. Did you ever talk shit? Did you ever talk crap to any of your opponents? Nah, I wasn't. That's not my style, man. Like, for me, I look at guys, I always looked at my opponents as, like, obstacles. I never saw them as, like, a, you know, a threat, and I wanted to hurt them. It kind of bothers me sometimes. Like, like everybody gets mad at the guy's post-fight stuff. Like, I almost feel like that's acceptable because they earn the right to do that. But before the fight, when they're talking trash, that turns me off. I'm like, man, you guys are in the same boat. You're all just trying to make money, and you dissing the other guy for no apparent reason. You might not even know the other guy. Like, I'm, I'm looking online, I see, like, John Jones and Corey Anderson going at it, and I'm thinking, what are they going at it for? They don't even know each other. I know. It's just, that's weird, too, because it's also not it, – it's not in Corey's wheelhouse to even do that. So it's sort of like, like – it, it's one thing if you're really good at it, then it's, like, funny. But if you're not, yeah. it, it comes across like, uh, okay, I see what you're doing, and it's kind of like I'm not, I'm not buying it, you know? Yeah, yeah, and a hundred percent. Like when Kobe first came out and started doing his whole thing, you know, I know the people just kind of like to kind of help him out a little bit, like give him a little, you know, change his image a little bit. And I was like, man, he needs a lot of work because he's just not selling it enough. And you're right, like if if you can't sell it, if you can't, if that's not who you are, you need to just be quiet and let your fight and do the talking. Like Pedro Munoz don't say a word; he let his fight and do the talking, and that's how some guys need to be. Now, when you fought Mayorga and he was going, or when you almost fought Mayorga. And he was talking all that shit to you. Was that planned? Was he a nice guy off camera? Yeah, it wasn't like he didn't come to me beforehand and go, hey, man, listen, we about to do this. Nah, it was kind of weird because, like, I had never met him. And I was sitting in, like, right before the press conference, I was sitting in there just chilling. And I could hear him from the street talking trash, just coming up. And, and, it was, and the trash talk was getting louder and louder by the moment. And when he got in there, 
he just went all in on me. And I was unprepared for that. I didn't know. I really didn't know what to do because, like, in MMA at that time, that wasn't, like, the thing. Like, we just fought. So um, I was unprepared for that. But it didn't bother me because as soon as, the, soon as it was over and the cameras were off, we took pictures. I took pictures oh. with his mother. We signed autographs. It was cool, man. So I was kind of like, man, this guy is good at what he does. Okay. But then when he – now, it did look like – I know that you said you dropped down for a double leg. It looked like he almost got you with that karate chop to the chest. <laughs> well, you know what? Like, I felt his finger uh, graze my lip. And that's what it was. Like, everybody's like, oh, man, he knocked him down. Like, that never crossed my mind until afterwards when the video came out. And everybody was like, oh, man, he knocked you down. I was like, what were you talking about? Like, for me, it was like I felt it graze my lip, and then I just kind of went back, and then I was going to try to shoot. And, I mean, I guess it looked bad, but, yeah, it just grazed my lip. It ain't, he ain't try to hit. He ain't try to hurt me or try to do anything right. like that. Now, speaking of Colby, so he's fighting Robbie Lawler this week. Um, I can't wait for this fight. I'm a little yeah. nervous because it's, yeah, that guy's a really hard guy to look good against, Robbie Lawler. You train with both these guys. How do you see this fight going down? Man, I've got to tell you, man, like, it's stylistically, it's a favorable matchup for a guy like Robbie because Robbie is super explosive. And when Robbie has his moments where he's just, like, on fire attacking guys, not a lot of guys can deal with that. Now, Colby, on the other hand, he's got, a, he's got more of a gas tank where he can sustain a certain pressure for a longer amount of time. But that's going to be hard to do against a guy like Robbie because Robbie's so good defensively, and then he just turns on them explosive moments. So I think it's kind of a favorable matchup for Robbie. But you never know, man. Colby has done everything he said he could do and, and more. So I think he's maybe even overachieved at this point in his career. But I don't know, man. It's a good fight, and I can't wait to see it. But you spar with both guys, right? Yeah, I've worked, with, I've worked with both guys before. But, um, I mean, it was a while ago, so it's, hard to, it's really hard to kind of judge based on what, when I was working with them. But, you know, and obviously, like, in, when, in camp, are they working on new things? I don't know. But it's going to be an interesting fight. It, I mean, it could really go either way. I mean, this is one of the matchups where you almost think, like, both guys have to fight, or they have to fight, like, ten times to see who's really the better guy. Now, lately, Colby has been saying that he thinks Robbie is on some stuff because he's gotten so much bigger and stronger later on in his career. He's like, who the hell looks like that in their late 30s? you think it's Colby making excuses or getting in Robbie's head, or do you think there's any truth to that? No, I think he's just getting in Robbie's head. Like, I don't know. Like, Robbie always comes – like, I think, you know, Robbie's taking the high road a little bit on, like, all the trash talk, and which is, I think, a, a good thing for a guy like Robbie because he definitely – he's the type of guy, again, he doesn't talk a lot of trash. He lets his fight and do the uh, trash talking for him. But, you know, I think Colby's just trying to get under his skin, and that's what Colby does best. He's selling the fight. He's trying to get Robbie, you know, to make mistakes and do something uncharacteristic of Robbie. But I don't know, man. It's an interesting fight. But here's another thing, too, I was thinking about, too, is, like, I don't know, man. Sometimes I think, like, Robbie, you know, he fights black people differently. <laughs> and Colby, you know what I'm saying? Robbie fights black people a little different. Like, he don't come at them the same way. That's why I think he's just going to attack Colby and run up on Colby like, what? There are certain guys, like Walt Harris, I don't think has ever lost to a white guy. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, there's a racial component to MMA that, like, a lot of people like to sweep under the rug. But I think you've got to take, into these, take it into account sometimes. Now, do you think that um, the UFC or Dana doesn't like certain guys, like Ben Askren or Woodley or Colby, because they're, like, hard to deal with, or they talk shit about Dana? So then he puts up against Robbie Waller? Like, he, like, he's the guy that, like, is like, all right, we're going to get these – I, I want to get rid of these guys. They have to fight Robbie. <laughs> you, know, I don't, you know, I don't think so, man. Honestly, like, sometimes – it looks like that sometimes, and sometimes you can kind of make that argument that they don't like guys. But you got to understand, man, some guys just don't want to fight sometimes. So they kind of have to make the matches with what they got because some guys are harder to deal with. So sometimes it's just like, oh, you know, like a guy like – Santiago Ponzinibbio, who's a great fighter, is like, man, I don't want to fight him. I want to fight him. So they can't make certain matches because a lot of guys just don't want to fight other guys. But it always looks like it's Dana and, you know, Sean Shelby making those decisions. But sometimes they can't force guys to fight, so they got to make the matches with what they got. Now, you, you think Kobe will end up fighting? If Kobe wins, you think they're going to try to put Kobe versus Masvidal? I don't know, man. I would love to see that, though. But I, that's a fight that um, I think favors Masvidal, man. Masvidal, I think he's just, you know, against certain opponents, man, Masvidal's always going to look fantastic. And I think a guy, like, if he fights a guy like Kobe, I think he, I think he beats a guy like Kobe up. Even though, like, when they wrestled in some hotel room, it looked like Kobe was winning? 
Yeah, probably. I mean, probably, but like that's that's just wrestling in, in the hotel room, you know. But I think in a real fight, in terms of like a real fight, I think I think Masvidal is the is the superior fighter. Now, also, uh, are you are you getting Poirier ready for Khabib? Yeah, a little. Not like I'm not like fully in his camp. Like a lot of fighters, I don't work fully in their camp. I just I serve as kind of a consultant for them sometimes. And uh, I'm helping Poirier a little bit with this fight, so that uh, you know, give him give him a better chance. And this is like, and, I, and this is good for me too, because me and Mike Brown don't get to work together a lot, and it's kind of unfortunate because I think we both do our thing. So this is a fight where we're going to work together a little bit more. You know, this is an important fight for Poirier. And if anybody deserves this opportunity, it's him. I mean, we watch this kid come up through the dirt, through the trenches. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think it's, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you want to see a guy like that win because he represents all of us. So you want to see a guy like that win. Now, it seems like everybody that fights Khabib says, yeah, you know, even like guys that like were great wrestlers in high school or college are like, it's a different kind of wrestling, different kind of strength. It's just a different, it's a different animal. It never felt a guy like that before. How do you get a guy like Poirier ready for that? Well, he is he, right about that, man. I've watched a lot of Khabib's fights, man. He just manhandles guys. Like, he's he's something else, man. He's he's a powerhouse. I think the But I think the biggest thing that people make mistakes on is they care too much about weight and training. And you watch guys, oh, I don't want to train with him. He's a little too big. I think when you fight a guy like Khabib, you actually have to bring in bigger, stronger guys in a weight class or two above you and wrestle those guys. You have to get used to that pressure, that strength, and learn how to deal with that because – you know, if you're, like, I think that guys that fight Khabib, they're wrestling guys, their weight, thinking that it's going to be the same thing. And Khabib is a little bit too good for that. And not only is he powerful, he's also a dynamic transitional wrestler. Like, his transitions are on point, on the money, whenever he needs them. So, like, you know, Dustin's got a lot of work to do as far as, like, being able to deal with all those problems. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I mean, I guess you guys probably have a lot of guys, though, from um... – from Russia over there that could probably sort of emulate Khabib's style. Yeah, I mean, a little bit, but, you know, you can, you know, the thing is you got to break those things down, but, and also, too, is you can't really ask those guys to do that because Khabib is like a hero over there, and some of those guys might not be willing to help. I mean, I don't know, like, I'm not, like I said, I'm not in in charge of his camp, but I, I would assume that probably some of those Russian guys are not you know, willing to help just because Khabib is a hero, they don't want to get involved. So, so, so we can we'll make work. Yeah, that too, that too. So we and you know that's a problem with with a lot of camps, man. Especially a camp like ours because or you know, like ours we got so many bodies, man. We're you know Brazilians, Russians, Dagestanis, Polish guys. No, it's great. I mean, your your camp, you're, you're, you guys are really on the rise. I mean, not on the rise. You guys are at the top of the world. You, but you guys are the best camp for the last couple of years, uh, which is really cute, by the way. Last year when you you uh, took your son with you, the MMA awards, that was really cool. Man, well, yeah, thanks, man. I, I I wanted to I try to get him out to experience these things, man. Like I'm in a position where you know I'm you know like I got one son. I want him to do the right thing, and I don't want him to end up you know just playing video games all damn day. So. I'm trying to expose him to to as much as I possibly can and let him know that, man, there's a lot more in the world than just sitting around, sitting at home. So I like to expose him to those different type of things and different type of people. You also, I mean, for a while, everyone kept saying that you and Eve Edwards, everyone kept, they kept confusing you guys. And then I don't uh, know if that's why you gained 100 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it, you're right about that. We used to, like, we could get, get confused a lot. And Eve, I think one time, man, he was hitting on somebody's girl and said that it was me. You know what I'm saying? So I got, I got something for Eve for doing me like that. Eve, I got you. <laughs> but then you lost it. You lost about 50 pounds. Yeah. Um, well, man, you know, like I was – the problem is like I tried to gain weight because I started working with a lot of heavier guys. So, you know, when I was like 170 pounds, man, getting tossed around by 200-pound guys – Man, it, it was like, man, I can't deal with this. So I had to gain weight, and then I gained too much weight. So I was so damn fat. I, like, I'd be on my back like a turtle, man. Like, I couldn't move my legs. My stomach was getting in the way. So I was like, man, I got to get in damn shape. So I feel like I'm all right now, Adam. I'm no, good to go, baby. No, look, yeah. Now I was like, I was like, cause I, before I'd be like, yo, this is one of the best fighters in the world. And people were like, Oprah? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, no, man. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not precious. 
Yeah, precious. Right, right. I got that song. I had that song, and I said, you look like precious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You're so stupid, man. <laughs> Adam, you crazy. That was so funny. Now, um, uh, the cyborg fight. So you got Nunez ready for cyborg, right? Yeah, again, I helped I help consult with her for that fight. Um, you know, doing a little bit of studying and just, you know, just making sure she's on the right track and on the same page. I mean, but she, Amanda, she blows my mind. Like, I honestly, her last two fights, I didn't even expect. You know, like, she just, she blows my mind with her level of competence in terms of performance. Like, she goes out there and just, even if it's not what we worked on, she goes out there and executes perfectly. So, she blows my mind. She's an amazing fighter. But it seems like you guys knew exactly what Cyborg was going to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we know. I mean, when you when, when you when you study somebody and you know they have tendencies, they normally they normally give you what you want. They have they have tendencies. And but the thing is, like, if they don't, you know, if they don't do what they do best, they're going to be doing something different that they're not very good at. And we also we also expect that too. So, um, yeah, you know, I. I try to I try to adopt different habits from like different sports like football, and especially like working with Greg now. I mean, it's really opened my eyes up to how strategic coaches in the NFL are. So like I try to take that same approach to to MMA and just be as strategic and just so thorough with the training so that nothing goes unturned. No, I mean it's, I mean, it's crazy because I think about that Ben Askren fight. It's like Mike Brown knew exactly where Ben's head was going to be the exact seconds, and it was like, oh, my God. Like, that yeah. would not have worked out more perfectly to the fact where, like, the fact that Masvidal was so relaxed after he did it. I mean, I, I almost would have been like, holy shit, that actually worked. You know, I mean, <laughs> there's no way that's going to work. And it, it, it worked to a T. It, it was insane. Well, if you look back at some of Ben's fights, I mean, even his fight against Robbie Lawler, he did the same exact thing. He just drops his head in that same spot. And and another thing too, which is why it doesn't surprise me, if you watch Ben wrestle, he has a hard time with guys that are explosive, and they shoot like again when he fought Jordan Burroughs, or he wrestled Jordan Burroughs. Like Jordan Burroughs is able to just shoot them power doubles, and Ben can't stop him. He just doesn't have the the reaction to stop those shots. Yeah. He can out wrestle you once he gets in, once you get in, but but with that one shot, he he don't have the the reaction time. So when when you run and jump up on him, he didn't have the reaction time to get out of the way. He only had it. The only thing he could do was drop his head, and he dropped his head right into that knee. Now, do you think that would have happened, let's say, seven years ago when Ben was in Bellator running shit? Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. If um, he absolutely, you know, that's I think that's like his Achilles. Like he just he has to be able to stop something like that. Now, obviously, now he knows that it can come. I think now he knows that, oh, I better do something different to get in because these guys are going to be throwing, running at me, throwing flying knees. But I think but Ben is the best competitor I've ever seen. He's got an answer for that already, I promise you. Yeah, no, I, I, I felt so bad for him. I, I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, same with the Robbie Lawler fight. In the first 12 seconds, I was like, maybe he shouldn't be in the UFC. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, it's it's a weird thing, man. Like if you jump on, like I've watched him do that in training. Like guys just jump on him and him look like he's behind, and then like two minutes later he's on top, and the guy's like begging to get out of there. That's just his style. But yeah. you know, it, it's just the way his style is. And like in the in the UFC, it's kind of unforgiving because the guys are so good that you know sometimes you can't get out of the hole that you put yourself in. Now with Robbie, he barely got out of that hole. With Miles, but he couldn't get out of the hole. It was too fast. Now, now you talk about Greg Hardy. A lot of people are against Greg Hardy being in the UFC. I don't look. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I'm not, I, don't, I wasn't there. Okay, like he didn't get. A, I mean, he. I, I don't know what happened. And you know, obviously, I'm not. I don't condone any kind of you know beating up him. That's that's the lowest of the low. But you know. Uh, what's his name? Says everyone deserves a second chance. Dana White says that. A lot of athletes have had second chances. What's it like working with Greg Hardy and like the whole circus around it, and also just working with Greg Hardy? Man, he's a, he's good to work with, you know, and that's kind of what I care about in terms of work. I mean, I didn't know him then, so I don't know what goes what went on. Like like you, like anybody else, I just know what I see now and how he treats other people around me. Like if he was only good to me and treated other people around me like crap, then I would be like, man, I can't work with this guy. But everybody he 
that he's around and all the people I know that, that he works with, he's good to everybody. And like I said, that he's used to being coached. So in terms of coaching him as an athlete, he's the type of guy you go jump, says how high, and then he just starts jumping. Like that's, that's what he likes. That's what he does. That's what he's groomed to do. So he's great to work with. Like I wouldn't have it any other way. Like he's one of the, one of my favorite guys to work with in that in that regard. Because some guys you work with, they only want to do what they want to do. They're, hey man, we're gonna train today. Ah, you know I want to take the day off. All right, no problem. Greg, Greg, you got to train today. I'm tired, coach, but I'm gonna show up anyway. And that's just his attitude. So I love working with the kid. What's up, people? Football. Are you ready? Get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus reward on your first deposit and start betting on your favorite pro or college team. But on every spread, every total, every winner or loser. But on who the first starting quarterback to be benched will be. But on who's going to win the Heisman Trophy. Get the fastest odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use the promo code CLNS50 and get your 50% off welcome bonus, okay? Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions. A minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. All right, check it out. BetOnline.ag. Football. How much fun is that, okay? You're going to love it. I'm going to love it. BetOnline.ag. Now, as far as... um. The, the word on the street was the ground game was rough, the ground game is ground game is ground game. Uh, is it getting better? Is it good? Was that, was that just rumors? Talk to me. Again, it's, it's one of those things where, like, if you put him in a jiu-jitsu tournament, he's not going to do very well. So we're not, I'm not concerned with that. You know, I have – my goal in my, uh, is to create hacks for MMA in terms of how to grapple. And I think we've been doing a pretty good job of that. Um, it's still we're still building on his ground game, and the first thing was first is it you know we got to make sure he's defensively responsible. So we're working on we worked on his defense. Now we're working on some different chokes and different arm bars and things like that. So eventually he's going to get there. But you know it, it takes time. I think I don't think of it like if you wrestled for three years, like how good would you be? I mean this guy's been fighting and fighting for the in the highest level for a, over a year now, and he's only been tra- he's only been training MMA for three years. So. It's incredible. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Out there. There's a couple guys out there now. There's um, there's another guy who's uh, NFL. It wasn't a, he was a, he made the NFL. I think he made heavy. Uh, no, Alonzo Mayfield. Another guy. That's yeah. Like, they're just a different different kind of athlete. Explosiveness. Yeah. You know, but he's got a but this guy's got a a bounty on his head. I mean, Greg Hardy. People people want to fight him because they think number one he's a name. Number two, they think of his weaknesses. You know, he's not that experienced. And number three, they want the, you know, there's a sort of certain like self righteousness of beating up a guy like that. So he's got yeah, I get it, man. But he handles it very yeah. well. Yeah, he does. I mean, he's used to that pressure. Like, he's been playing at the highest playing sports all his life, so he's used to pressure. But I get it. I get why people think he's an easy target. But I also feel like he's low hanging fruit for people to pick on. So, um, you know, I just, man, listen, I always feel like people spend too much time worried about other people's lives and trying to correct Greg Hardy and, and make him, you know, tell him he's this and, and dog him for that. Man, listen, people just need to mind their own business and worry about themselves, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, obviously Dana and them, you know, Dana wouldn't have signed him if he didn't see something in him. You know, Dana's not just going to give somebody a contract. And so that's just not his style, you know? I mean, look how. Oh, he is. Look how hard it was for other people to get in there. He's just like, no thanks, no thanks. So, I mean, Dana's obviously a fan, and uh, and like you, and like you said, you wouldn't be working with a guy like that. Uh, now, what's it like? I mean, watching him compete with Mako, what, uh, what's that like? Oh, Mako's on a different level. Like he can't, he can't wrestle with Mako. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know, but I would love to see it though. Um, yeah, he can't. Mako throwing everybody like, you know, like Mako. Yeah, the only thing about Mako is that he can't masturbate because his arms are too short. But other than- I know, like, you see his arms are just like, oh, they just gotta poke out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, Mako is something else, man. Mako is probably the best pure grappler. Not not pure jujitsu, but pure grappler that American top team has ever had. Um, nobody can compete with him. You know, nobody can. He's, he just he beats up everybody in terms of, like, once we do grappling rounds and things like that. Like, Mako just beats up everybody. So, Even, like, um, Hector Lombard? 
was, was, was oh yeah, like yeah, he would Mako beats up everybody. I mean, it's it's not even a question. Now, according to Colby Covington, nobody can hang with him in jujitsu. An American top team, even uh, Libero, uh, Ricardo Libero, he, he says that, that that he's they all say Colby, you're on a different level, and that he's and that he's a, he's a super black belt. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I, I I know his writing team. That's good. <laughs> he, he, he said he's a super black belt, and that and that jiu-jitsu itself is, is, is one big Ponzi scheme. Nah, he's not. Nah, he just he's Kobe. Just he being Kobe. But no, nah, but I'm not gonna. I can't. You can't deny Kobe is a really good grappler. Though. I can't deny that Kobe's a great grappler. He's really good. He's got great balance and great instincts, and he's got, he's really tight in terms of uh, his squeeze. He's a great grappler. I, you can't deny that. But he's not the best grappler that uh, American Top Team's ever seen. But one of the funny things about him is that guy, like, I remember Astrid telling me that when he coached, he was coaching a kid at ASU, was wrestling against Colby in college, and Colby was beating up the kid, and then got in Astrid's face, and goes, you don't want none of this. This is like in college wrestling. Astrid was the coach. And he's like, shut up, what are you talking about? Listen, that's Colby, man. Colby's like a bad kid. (laughs) He's He's a bad kid. Like, he needs... Sometimes he needs he needs just you know to be put in punishment. I think sometimes, but he but he can fight, man. Listen, Kobe can fight. Yeah, do you ever hang out with him and those porn stars? Nah, nah. I I don't even know where he does that. It's weird. Like I, I look on the internet and I see Kobe with porn stars and doing all this crazy stuff. I don't even know where that comes from. And, and then uh, Kayla Harrison, right? This girl, I, I I love that girl, but she's fucking like. Talk about like, cause I was like Kayla. Um, hey, you know, hey, look, you're, you know, you're you're probably gonna win the million dollars. And she's like, probably. I was like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx you. And she's like, what do you mean jinx me? I, I'm gonna win that. I'm like, hey, okay, all right, I, I gotta go. Like, she's a. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a great competitor too, man. Like, she's really, uh, really a strict competitor and hard on herself in terms of, you know, being excellent. Yeah, it's 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 inspiring though because when she's training, like she. She won't do something bad. She'll have to do it over and over and over until she until she corrects herself. So yeah, she's she's fun to be around. She's and she's a she's a good person. Just an oh, overall good uh, person. I like her and her uh, her, her her boyfriend Rocco. Yeah. That, like uh, when she gets hand jobs, probably like one pump squirts because her arms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said that from you, the stage. She was dying laughing. Um, <laughs> But I know I like Kayla, but do you ever like wonder, like tell her, hey, listen, because I know when I coach girls, obviously I never coach anyone on the level of even Kayla, but a lot of times they're, they're too hard on themselves and I got to build them back up and say, relax, you're doing great. Uh, don't beat yourself up. Because I remember she, she won them for fight. I think it was like 30, 26, and she was crying afterwards. Uh, yeah, yeah. To like ease up on herself? No, I mean, I don't. I'm just, I'm just re, uh, soon I'm going to start working with her more, but I don't really work with her all that much, but I am going to start working with her a little more. But, uh, but yeah, that's one of the things that I'm going to, I'm going to tell her, but sometimes you can't, you don't really want to interfere with their process too much though, because like, that's how they, how they operate. So I'm not going to interfere with her process too much, but I'm going to let her know that it's okay that you, you know, like you, you're not going to be perfect, but and you yeah, can't let that but, affect you. Yeah. But you don't want to, you don't want to, it's like, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Yeah. Cause I don't want to start being like, hey, don't worry about it. And then she starts making mistakes and and then like never corrects them again. And it goes, well, you told me it was okay. I don't want right. that either. Right. Do you ever get people that you coach that because I know when I coach wrestling sometimes, I would get really close to some of these kids and then their parents would start calling me up and say, hey, Carson won't go to sleep. And I'm like, come on, it's like nine o'clock at night. Why are you calling me? I'm not <laughs> father. Uh, do you have the father's not there? That's the problem. But do you ever have that with you? Like, like uh, some of the people you coach get too like. They trust you too much, almost, where you become like their parent. All of them, actually. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, you know, Will Brooks. Me and Will Brooks were talking about this the other day. You know, as a coach, I think the majority of my job is psychological and helping them. You know, because my job isn't really to teach them how to fight. I mean, that's part of it. But my job is is so that they show up and give the performance that they want. And a part of that is making sure that they're right emotionally and mentally. So I'm constantly on my people emotionally and helping them deal with problems in life and so on and so forth. Now, I, they're older, so I'll never have to deal with their parents, but just with them, it's like constantly 
you know, dealing with their with their problems because you know fighters are a lot of them are like broken people. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like strippers who could like fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fighters are just strippers. That's all they are. Yeah, they're kind of comedians too. So we're, we're, we're kind of all in that that same triangle of of like fucked upness. Um, yeah. Trying to trying to figure out what we're doing. Um, now, as far as uh, they've always been polite to me. They've always. What was that? My my fault. That was my radio. My bad. <laughs> oh okay. Uh, now, as far as uh, Amanda Nunez's girlfriend, uh, uh, Nina Anzarov. Nina Anzarov, who was looking amazing, unbeatable, and she ran into Tatiana Suarez. Uh, were you surprised by that outcome? What did you no, think? I wasn't. You know, I, I had made a statement a couple of years ago and said that Nina was, you know, I, I, Nina is, is the best 115-pounder we got in our gym. And I said that even with Yoanda there. I said, I think Nina is the best 115-pounder we got. She underperforms a lot. Um, but then she kind of found her groove. She found her rhythm, and she went on this run of winning all these fights. And I thought, I was like, man, Nina is the best 115-pounder out there. But then I also said that Tatiana Suarez was the best 115-pounder out there. And then when they fought, I was like, oh, no, this is kind of a bad matchup for Nina just because – Tatiana Suarez has a style that you can't really get from a lot of other girls. So you're not really going to be prepared for that. I mean, her wrestling, I mean, she's like Khabib, really. Like her transitionally, she's just nonstop and relentless. And she's going to give anybody a problem in three rounds, Uh, maybe even five rounds. But in three rounds, she's going to give anybody a problem. So I knew it would be kind of a tough matchup for Nina. I thought Nina did a great job of, of being able to fight her to the best of her ability, but she got going a little too late. Uh, if she got going a little earlier, she may have been able to pull it off. And did her and um, do her and Nunez ever get into fights in the gym? And that's like a, and you have to like separate it, and then they. <laughs> no, you, you no nah, man, they not like if they fight, that's got to be like some something hidden because they never seem to have problems. They never do. Like, they're, they're like the best couple ever. Like, I, I envy that relationship. Like, I don't have that relationship with nobody, the relationship that they have. They have the wow. best relationship, it seems like. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I guess the key is to not speak the language. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fight with, the, with, with your other. Now, one of our mutual friends, Tyron Woodley, who, who I, I love Tyron. Obviously, you love Tyron. Um, the last fight. Like, I remember when you guys were training for the fight before that. You were at a UFC event. You left before the main event because you're like, Tyron's got to work out. I'm like, but we're here. You're like, I got to go. So get Darren yeah. Till. And you yeah. came out and you guys murdered Darren Till. Uh, Usman, I didn't, um, I wasn't in camp. Tyron said he had, his, his, his camp was perfect. Uh, looking back, you think it was just a bad night? Yeah, I mean, it was just a bad night. Like, I got to say this, like, you know, it, the camps are never perfect, you know, like that's, they're, uh, the camps are going to be as good as they're going to be. And I, but it wasn't really any difference with this camp as it was with any other camp. Um, it just, he just didn't show up, man. Like, I really don't know what it was. It's just, you know, every four or five fights, Tyron just doesn't show up. And it's like, but did, it just happened to be that night against Usman. And it just sucks because I've seen that in his face before when he fought uh, Rory McDonald, where it's like, oh no, do I have to smack him in the corner? But he just didn't show up, and he just had to – he got to eat it, and he's got to be reminded by it constantly, which is bad because I know he wants to get it back. Do you think it was it was a whole white people thing? Like, he's better against white people? But the Rory's <laughs> – That that could be it too, man. Like, I don't know. Like, I I think – is Usman the first black guy he's fought in a while? You think, he, you think he's Black Lives Matter too much where he doesn't want to hurt them? Yeah, that might, <laughs> that might have been it because the only other black dude I know he fought, well, the two black dudes he fought were Jay Haran and uh, and Josh Koscheck, and they light skin, so they don't really count. Yeah, right? And he knocked them out, so yeah. Yeah. So they don't count. Yeah, they only like half a round, so they're like light skin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but nah, man, he, um, I don't know, man, like, I wish, I wish I could go back and find out what was going inside of his head that night, because he just wasn't there, like, I mean, I'm literally, like, when he got taken down that first time, I was like, wait a minute, what is, I, I've never seen him get taken down like that before, in practice by anybody in 10 years, and I'm just, I don't know what was going on in his head. Now, is he training now, is he, is he ready? Well, he's, he's training a little bit, like, he's just staying in shape, but he's still, like, he, he still has hand problems, he needs to, he needs to figure out what he's going to do with his hand. His hand is still giving him problems. He hasn't figured that out yet. I think he might need another surgery. That's the problem. Uh, now, some people say, like, the acting classes and TMZ and the movies and the, the 12 rap albums. 
uh, were kind of a distraction. But he's like, listen, you know, that's better than that going out at the club chasing pussy. At least I'm being productive and I'm building my future. And I could, I could see that argument. You know, um, what, what's, what's your? Have you ever said to him like, hey man, we gotta focus. Like, no more rapping, or, or you just like, that's not your place. Well, no. Here's the thing, though, and Adam, like, you gotta understand, like, when guys, guys. When they train, like, you know, guys will wake up, they'll train two hours and go to chill out and do whatever. They go to the beach, hang out or whatever, and come back and maybe do another hour at night. So, I mean, literally, like, if you put in the amount of time that you train, like, actual training, let's say it's three hours. Now, what are you doing with the rest of that time? Like, who knows? Like, you do whatever you want with the rest of that time. He just happens to be doing other high-level things, you know? So, he puts his time into training. It's just he doesn't spend a lot of time just goofing off or going to the club, like you said, or or playing video games, like, well, yeah, while guys are playing video games, he's out hustling, like, working on an album. Right, 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 right. No, that's, that's so true. I mean, that's, and that's, that's what I think, too. He's, he's never out of shape. Um, so, you know, it wasn't like, and his cardio has gotten better over the years. Like, even, even against the Usman fight, he, I don't think he was gassed. Or was he gassed? No, he wasn't gassed. He just wasn't doing anything. Yeah. Yeah, he sometimes I guess people say like they're their own worst enemy. You know, I was I was worried about Aspen with that though. You know, Tyrus me though, because I was like, yo, I'm a little bit about Ben. He's like buying cryptocurrency before before the fight, or he's doing this, or he's making you know all these things. He's making, and he's like, dude, that's Ben. He's like, we used to be in college wrestling and be like, yo, Ben, you you got, you, you got a match in two minutes, and then he would go pin like the the best guy in, in like the league. And that's what Rufus said that like one time before his Bellator fights, he was putting people in cradles in, like, the locker room uh, and right before he, like, went out and fought. So Yeah, man. Ben is, ben is remarkable in terms of doing that. I remember we were at the Feline National Gra- Grappling Championships. It was 2009, and he was just chilling, just making jokes and laughing and clowning around, and he goes, oh, I got a match coming up right now. And he just – he works this guy over just easily, just, just runs the table on this guy. Turns out it was Jacob Volkman, and I'm like, what? Wait a minute. Yeah, Ben is remarkable. Wow. I mean, have, have you ever seen guys that have that problem where they're almost the opposite? They're too focused and too thinking about it, and you've got to tell them to go out and have fun or go bowling or get laid or something? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a big problem. You know, like when you're when – because you're, that's when they start overthinking too much. You get fighters, they start overthinking too much. And, and for me, I'm always like, listen, it's, nothing's going to happen. It's the end of the world. So just go out there and have fun. You know, that's, I mean, you're here to have fun. When the fight was announced two months ago, you were excited, you were happy. Now the fight is here. Now you want to be nervous and start overthinking. Just go out there and have fun. Pretend it was two months ago when the fight was announced. That's, that's what I tell my kids, too. I'm like, I always tell my kids before the wrestling matches, they're like, any advice? I'm like, just, just go out there. You, you did all the work in practice. Yeah. The, 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 I'm like, the, the work's done. Now it's, now it's the fun part. So, yeah, uh, just have fun. If you're if you're better, you're going to win. If you're not better, you're probably going to lose. That's the end of that's what it is. Now Andre Arlovski was on like a twelve fight losing streak. I mean, I think I think at one point I beat him. Uh, <laughs> and then he went to American Top Team, and he's a, a fucking killer. Have you been working with him? No, nah, that's Mike Brown's guy. I don't work. With, I don't. Yeah, I don't work with Andre. I I just started actually talking to the guy. Like he's he's a serious cat, man. He's kind of mean sometimes, man. He walks around the gym and he just. He doesn't say nothing to nobody. He just looks at it. He gives you this look. And, like, he just now started, like, give, like he don't smile. He just gives you a little fist bump or a head nod. But uh, I'm like, Andre, man, I've known you since 2001, and you still won't say hi to me? Yeah, he's, wow. he's a wild one. But, uh, now he can fight, though, man. Did you help get uh, JDS ready for his last fight, even though it didn't go as well against Ngannou? Uh, a little bit. Again, he's, a, he's another one of my guys that, like, I, I try to help out in terms of consulting, but, um, but he kind of had his whole camp ran by his Brazilian guys. Like he had a bunch of Brazilian guys come up and, and run his camp. Now, how do you, well, I mean, but those are his old guys. No, I didn't realize that American top team, cause I was talking to a guy who got kicked out of American top team for smoking weed and, and like the dorms. Uh, yeah. and also, also for bringing, you can't bring girls back to the dorms or smoke weed in the dorms. No, you can't do that. No, we won't let that. You can't you can't do any of that. You can't smoke weed. You can't drink. You can't bring girls over. I mean, this, this sounds like a, a military school. Uh, yeah, but but you know what? Like the thing is, like it's you know to, to be in the dorm, man. You we're expecting you to be focused. Like if you want to be able to do all that stuff, you got to be able to find your own way. 
You know, you got to you know, go get you a hotel room. I mean, honestly, like, we're, like, the dorms are for, like, our UFC guys or our high-level guys. And it's almost like if you're in there too long, man, like, man, make, get, get some money. Like, the purpose is so you can fight, compete, get money, and then move out so you don't have to be in the dorm. Right. So, yeah, so, like, if you're just chilling in the dorm smoking weed, like, to me, that's a kind of a sign of laziness anyway. Like, you need to get up out of there. I love that, though. That's why you guys have, like, trained kids. Team Alpha Male has, like, keg parties, and, like, they're, like, running trains on girls in there. <laughs> yeah, that's – I don't know, man. We're, uh, we, we're not trying to run that type of operation, man. Like, our, our thing is serious, especially, like, again, like, we got, like, the Russian dudes coming around, man. Like, them dudes don't talk. The Dagestani guys, they don't talk, man. They're they all about business. And if, we, if they all about business – like, Kiyoji, you want Gucci's up there? He all about business. You got a guy coming in there smoking weed, bringing girls back, man. That's going to disrupt the process. Dude, when Hor- Horiguchi beat Caldwell twice, I was like, what is I- – I would have bet the house on Darren and Caldwell. I- nah, man, I, I-, I got to tell you, of all the fighters we got in the gym, Kyoji's the best one. Like, I- he's the best fighter I've ever seen in terms of, like, totality of, like, when you combine skill, conditioning, mentality, work ethic – uh, you know, just overall everything. He's the best fighter I've ever seen. Wow, that's yeah, awesome. that's good to hear. He seems like a nice guy too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, nobody works harder than that kid. Nobody is more fit than that kid. Like he's like, if you were to put all them things on a, on a chart, like he's up at the top of everything. Like even a guy like Tyron, like Tyron don't have his work ethic. Tyron got like they got similar athleticism, but like Tyron don't got the work ethic like him. Like he's just yeah, all he want to do is train. How the big butt Tyron has. You know? yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I mean, if, if like Tyron lost his ass, he'd be like one fifteen. <laughs> I know it's weird, right? He looked like a, he looked like a minotaur when he walks. Like his ass just like boom, boom. Like when they get like, butt injections, they bring Tyron's picture. They're like, uh, <laughs> I know, right? Him and Will Brooks, man, they both got the same ass. Fuck, I feel so bad. Will Brooks, he, he has the worst luck in the history of luck. That, I know. He didn't tap last fight. No, he didn't tap. He was no, like, he didn't. What was that? I don't understand. I don't know, man. Well, you heard what they did, man. They, like, changed the refs out, like, the day of because they didn't pay the the other refs. So they got, like, new refs who probably no, no, didn't no, know no, what the hell they were doing. One fighter got paid on a whole card. Yeah. I heard they did that the last card. I know, but people were like, well, what happened before? I'm like, it doesn't matter what happened before. These guys, like, you know, that's even more said than why they should pay people this time. I know. <laughs> I know. I feel Brian Caraway finally gets a win, and then he can't collect any money. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's doing? terrible. And you can't do nothing because it's all way in China. What are you gonna do? Uh, I don't know, man. You got you got to talk to Haraguchi. Tell him to talk to his people. I think that's the, I think he's from Japan, but he's from uh, Japan. I, I make that mistake all the time. <laughs> I'm just, I like I like me that I was being dumb racist on purpose. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> So it seems like you, you work with, like, 90% women uh, at your gym. Is there, is there like, a pattern here? Uh, no. No. Nah, well, you know, the, the problem was – so when I first joined them, when I first – obviously, I always was, was with American Top Team, but when I was brought on as a coach, um, there were just, like, a lot of girls who weren't getting a lot of attention. Like, this was about the same time when, like, Ronda was coming up. So that's, like, when all the girls started getting attention, when, like, when, when women's MMA started coming up more. So that's kind of, so like, and there was all these girls running around the gym that just had nobody to work with them. So I was like, and I had just became a coach. So I was like, well, I'll work with you. And that's kind of how it started. So between me and we have another coach, Marcos D'Amata, Pompeo, he works with a lot of the women too, because like they had no, they really had nobody to work with them. So, you know, we just kind of took it upon ourselves to, to give them American some. American tap team for a while because you were tapping everybody. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I don't, I don't go that route. That's dangerous. But very professional. Yeah, that's dangerous, man. You can't mess around like that. That's that's you don't. Want, I don't mess around that way. Oh no, of course not. That, that that's the first. I I see coaches do it all the time, and it's the it's the first way to lose a gym. You know? Yeah, it is. It is. It's it's like you don't. Plus, you don't you don't you don't need a headache. I mean, girls are already crazy. You don't need girls that can fight that you're training. It's just too much. It's too much. And just like girls in general are crazy, and then when they want to beat each other up, and, and they're extra crazy. Yeah, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. Now, I heard Hector Lombard, somebody's dad, was mad at their son, brought him to the gym, and had Hector beat him up. Were you there? Was there any truth to that? 
I don't know if there's truth to that. But it might have been like an indirect truth because Hector's going to beat up anybody he trains with, one way or the other. He's going to beat him up, one way or the other. Like you, like it doesn't matter what it is. Like you can go, okay, Hector, we're just boxing, and Hector's going to kick you, just so he. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. He's going to beat you up no matter what. So, he, I've seen him knock people out for no reason. <laughs> really? And then, I mean, did you, when that happens, do you come over to him and Hector, why you, you can't do that? Well, well, you don't want to get knocked out either. So you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> so he's just kind of like, all right, let's just pick this guy up and uh, you know, and tell Hector practice is over today. Yeah, <laughs> that's ridiculous. That that's insane. That's insane. That's yeah, insane. like, man, Hector Hector's a, a a rough cat, man. He he can fight, man. He's a rough dude. I heard that you kicked Nick Lentz off being a Trump supporter. Is there any? No, that's not true. Nick Lentz left. <laughs> Nick Lentz left because he because he wanted to. But um, especially in our gym, are you kidding me? Like Colby Covington is the biggest Trump supporter. Like, like so we we kind of share an office. Like, well, I don't. I use the office that he like shares with with one of the uh, employees. So I use it all the time. And um, in the office, he's got pictures of Trump everywhere. He's got a pen with Trump on it. A poster of Trump. It's a it's, like our gym is like really Trump. A lot of Trump supporters. It's weird. Yeah, no, right. Well, there's Colby and there's Nick, and then the, uh, yeah. Moscow. All the all the Cubans, right? They all love Trump. Well, you know, you know, Hector was a big Trump supporter. Yeah, Hector was, and then I, yeah. I, I think uh, Romero probably loves Trump. Yeah, it's kind of weird to me. Well, no, because I think that they don't want the country going socialist, so they look at Democrats as socialists, and they and they come from, uh, they come from Cuba, which is all socialist over there, and they and they and they saw how bad it was, so they're like, fuck that, I don't want to go back to that. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, that's probably why you got you got like Masvidal and and Romero and anybody who's from Cuba. Uh, they, the Cubans love Trump. I mean, the Cubans that defected love Trump. So that's uh, that's because yeah, that, it didn't make sense to me why they love Trump so much. I'm like, man, do you didn't realize Trump don't care about you? No, and but they just, just like look at Bernie Sanders as, as like the opposition. You know? Yeah. That's that's what that's what that's at. Uh, which is uh, kind of a black and white, kind of a weird way to look at it. But I could understand it, though. Once once someone told me that, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. I'm glad glad you told me that. I learned something every day. Now, every gym always has those girls that come in that, like, oh, I want to work out. They end up sleeping with a bunch of fighters. Uh, And then usually they don't last at the gym too long. Does American Top Team have that? Um, Not really. Not really. You know, most of our most of our girl fighters seem are pretty serious, man. Like they come in, they, and they kind of either hang out with each other or got their own thing going on. Yeah, and yeah, they're pretty they're pretty serious, man. Like our girls are pretty serious. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't see our girls being being that type to kind of bounce around and screw a bunch of guys and bounce around. We kind of I don't know if like we indirectly regulate that, but um, yeah, we don't really have that as an issue. Now, now when you were growing up. You got into a fight. There was a guy that, like, stole your girlfriend. You never fought before, but you beat up the guy so bad, you had to go to jail for a year every weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was, um, <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, I hit him in the head with a wrench, so I kind of deserved it. So, yeah, wow. he, um, yeah. I mean, I just got out of high school. You know, when you're 17 years old, you in love, man. Like, that's, that's your thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, you in love. So, he, um, you know, he, he's talking got- a bunch of garbage. Guy or? Uh, he was a white guy. Was a white guy and the girl. It was a white girl too. No, she was Spanish. Ah, okay. Now yeah. Now, okay. So you had a wrench. Now couldn't you just hit him with your fist, or why you need a wrench for? Well, because I had because the wrench was in my hand. Like if the wrench is in my hand, I'm not gonna hit him with my fist. Were you fixing a car or something? Like why did you have a wrench? In your <laughs> I grabbed it out of the car. <laughs> well, you know, I was so mad, Adam. I was so mad. Like I don't ever like I don't ever remember being that mad. Before or after that moment, like I was so mad, and I I had to, I just hit him in the head with a wrench, and then uh and then, you know I hit him and it fell out of my hand. Then I just you know we just was scrapping, and then um he ended up going to the hospital getting stitches. Then the cops came picked me up, carted me off to jail, and then uh I had ended up doing fifty two weekends in jail, man. Every weekend I had to show up on fr- uh, Friday at six, I get out Sunday at six. Man, those were the mo- most miserable forty eight hours of my life. Man. Wow, wow. Yeah, and, 
And some of the weekends I had to go out and pick up trash. Like you would actually wear stripes, like a, like a, a 1800s chain gang, and we'd wear stripes and be on the side of the road picking up trash. Wow. And this is like, and you grew up in Wilmington, Delaware, right? Well, this was in, uh, this was in Port St. Lucie, Florida. This is in Port St. But now, did you know a guy named Jay Schroer? Jay Schroer? Schroer, from the uh, redhead curly guy on the wrestling team. He was from no. Wilmington, Delaware. I didn't know that because every time we had a wrestling match, he'd be like, he was in the finals. He'd be like, from Wilmington, Delaware. Oh, really? No, I left, I left Delaware pretty early when I was, you know, when I was in uh, eighth grade, I left Delaware. Were you the only black guy in Delaware? Nah, man, Delaware's, there's a lot of black people in Delaware. Like, here's what happens, man. Like, like the neighborhoods in Philly, as they gentrify them, all the crime, all the people in the, in the crime neighborhoods, they moved to Delaware. They moved to Wilmington, Delaware. Yeah, so Wilmington's kind of bad right now. Now, now when you were, uh, and then you so then you, you you got out of jail on the weekends. Like I'm never doing that. And then that's when your fight career started. Yeah, that's when it started. Like that's kind of that's kind of what helped me have the time to 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 focus on fighting. Actually, that's kind of what because like there were no gyms back then. I understand this was like this was 1994, 1995, 1995. So there were no gyms, and like the UFC was just popping off. So. Because I couldn't leave the, the county, I had to stay home. So I would stay home with Paul Rodriguez. He actually fought uh, Tony D'Souza in the UFC. I'd stay home with him. And all week, we would just train in the backyard. And then on Friday, i go to jail. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you had richer parents, you probably would have got, like, like three hours of community service for that. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. If, that, yeah, if I was, like, a, you know, rich parents, little white kid with rich parents, I'd have got community service for it. Yeah, but no, I got, I got, I got the book for that. But you know what? Like, it, honestly, looking back at it, like it taught me a lot. Like patience, like, ugh. you know, having to to do like see something through. Like, like because I was forced to do all those weekends, it taught me that I had to do what I have to do. So I had to learn discipline to be able to show up on Friday at six o'clock. It taught me discipline. So I mean, like looking back, like it was probably the best thing for me. Now, when you beat the guy up, did you end up getting the girl or no? Oh yeah, uh, that's my son's mother. Oh wow! So she yeah. you beat a guy with a wrench and then stayed with you. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's a. And, ga- and gave me a son, and gave me a son who was dancing on stage at the MMA awards last year. Wow, wow, that's well, that's good. Well, at least something came out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, you but you had to know that it wasn't going to last when a girl like that stays with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's I don't know. Well, it's a small, we're in a small town, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, when you're in a small town, you're almost kind of like, well, this is it for me. Are you, are you, are you still married now? Yeah. Nice. Is it hard? Because I know a lot of girls, like, throw themselves at you. Is it hard to stay, to stay loyal and stay focused? No, you know what, man? It's not like that. Like, a lot of people, like, in MMA, a lot of people, like, think that MMA people, like, girls will throw themselves at them and everything. It's not really like that, man. Like, when I go out, it's all dudes. It's all dudes, and the only girl, and the only time girls are like on, like like guys will come up like, "Hey man, can you take a picture with my girlfriend?" Oh god. Otherwise, otherwise it's all like dudes, like nerdy dudes. Well, yeah, but you also hang out with that nerdy ESPN guy, so that's why you know. <laughs> uh, Josh Cohen. Yeah, you hang out with a guy named Josh Cohen. What do you expect? Yeah, well, he he said the best thing about why he doesn't uh, date fighters or, or female athletes. He says because when you pull off their panties, it's like pulling apart a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh my god, that's, <laughs> that's crazy! I hooked up with one, a couple fighters, but one girl was like super jacked, and when she was like, "Give me a blowjob," I was like, her arms were so ripped. I was like, "Man, this is what I would look like if I worked out and jerked off." <laughs> I was like more impressed by her arm. I was like, "Damn, that looks hot!" Like I wish my arms looked like that. <laughs> See, Adam, I know you used to get it on back in the day before you was married. I know. Uh, back in the day, I, 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 I had Kobe Covenant's life, but I didn't pay him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you so stupid. <laughs> Listen, hey, man, thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast. You are the best. Uh, when, when am I going to see you again? I don't know, man. Where are you at? Are you out in L.A. right now? I'm in L.A. right now. 
Okay, well, I'm not doing it. I just man, I got back from Vegas today. No, you know, I might be out in uh, I might be out in Anaheim for the fight on the seventeenth, so maybe I, we can catch up then, you know what I'm saying? That'll be great, man. I love it. Thanks a lot, man, and uh you're the best. Have a, have a great week. You too, man. I'll catch up with you. Peace. All right, that was Dean Thomas. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for checking it out. Tell everyone how much you liked it. Uh, make sure you tag Rockfin at the Rockfin on Twitter or Rockfin on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, check me out, adamhunter.com. I got all kinds of upcoming dates. I'm in Little Rock, Arkansas. I am in, uh, where am I? I am in uh, Canada in September. I'm in uh, Sacramento at the end of August. I'm also in Arizona in uh, September. Uh, I'm come. I got go to AdamHunter.com. All kinds of dates. Check me out. Thank you guys so much. Take care. Have a great day. Trap songs and trap dance. Tunis songs to hook them door to land. Tada stolen door to the world.